You know how I never found my laptop and then I um, ordered a new laptop and I'm going to get it tomorrow? No! <laughs> yeah. Um, they lost my luggage today. <gasps> what? Jackie, what on earth is happening? Someone I told me to sage myself last week. Because things happen in threes. And I was like, I'm not much of a numerologist. Oh, my God. So they Delta? Might have, Delta? They might have found it. Here's what happened. For some reason, I'm flying Milwaukee to here. I have to leave crack acid on, of course. And um, I I land at like 1.30. I go down. And, and the app tells me that my luggage got there at 11 a.m. And I was like, well, that's Hi. weird because yeah. I wasn't here. <laughs> and so I go up and, and I have two pieces of luggage, one with all my clothes and one with my what had been my merch and something else. I don't know what else is in there, but they're both million dollar to me bags. Right. And yeah. I don't think I'm listening to you guys. Anyway, so they might have it. They might have it, but what's, who knows? What's happening? Are you, what do you, are you looking up where your luggage is right now? No, sorry. I'm trying to, um, I didn't test. Are if, we not coming uh, through solid? Yeah. I didn't test if I was shouting into the internet or using the mic that I spent money on that uh, I love using. Can you hear me? We can. Yeah, Everything's fine, Jackie. Yeah. You, you were telling this riveting story and then you got bored in the middle of your story that <laughs> want to hear the ending to i don't even right. understand this really sums up my life right now got bored <laughs> in the middle of my own story but but wait so they uh did you have a, a layover any place yeah uh in minneapolis and so oh. three hours a three-hour layover which is why i think they put it on an earlier flight oh, they put my luggage on an earlier flight what <gasps> do you think someone took it from Oh, no. That's what they think. They think that someone took it. But here's the scoop. So I go and I, uh, it's in where all sort of the extra luggage that people forget to pick up, you, you know, yeah. in the corner. Yeah. So I find one of my bags and then I go to the guy and I'm like, the other bag is not there. And he goes, okay. So um, he looks also does not find it. And uh, the, uh, and I, you know, I'm trying to stay calm. Um, but I think, I, I think that all of my dress clothes, which are the only clothes that fit me right now, right. We're in it. Turns out they're in the black one that I've got. I have no idea what's in there besides merch and merch, whatever, you know, and, um, but get this. So he said, he, he does a, a thing, right? He files a, a, a thing, a lost luggage thing. And then he goes, you should talk to the police. You should file a report. And I was like, the LA X police. Oh and he's like, yeah, just to make sure it's on the record. So you get your money. And I was like, do you have that number? And so Andy is waiting to pick me up. And so I call him and I'm like, I have to give a, a file, a, a, a report with the police. Oh so I call God. the LAX police and they're like, what happened? And I was like, well, Delta thinks that I should file this thing. And I also, they also think that I should, um, that my luggage might've been taken by accident or purposefully and uh, that I should file a report because it'll help expedite things with their corporate. And so he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, well, that, that does make sense to me. If, if right. stolen. well, 15 minutes later, four police officers show up. How bored are they? Oh my Fully God. armed. They love this story. <laughs> oh my God. It just keeps going. And it's like, it, I was like, this feels like overkill. And I'm on the phone by this point with corporate, with, with Delta corporate going, do I need to do the, the cop thing? Because I want to go home. 
And uh, yeah. And the woman's like, no, no, he did everything right. You're fine. If they never find it, it'll take a while to get the money, but you'll get the money. And I'm like, okay. Um, so four cops swoop in, milling about. What's going to happen? And I'm like, now I'm trying to talk to corporate and let her go and tell her that I'm not going to have time to do the survey to say what a great help she was. <laughs> um, so anyway, the cops eventually, the cops, they're all surrounding the guy who told me to call the cops. And they're in, and his manager is standing. And I finally, I just, I go, you know, he did everything right. Corporate said that he did everything right. He just off. He said that this would be something else I possibly should do for for clarity. And yeah. and corporate said that it was overkill, so we can all bail. And so everybody bails. I get in the car. Andy and I go to a barbecue with a friend of his who's just in town for somebody's niece's graduation. You had to go right to a barbecue after a cross country flight. I know. He offered to bring me home, but I would I wanted to do something fun. Okay. With Andy. I like him. <laughs> I hadn't seen him for 10 days. I forgot you, I forgot you're in a good marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah, I wrote like two new bits this week just on stage, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um so then and then, but while we're driving. And by the way, it was so far away, the barbecue, like east of Pasadena. Oh. Rancho Cucamonga? No. I, we've had water polo games out there. Oh, that's <laughs> way the fuck out. Uh, the food was delicious. His friends are Cambodian. So it was a Cambodian barbecue. It was a delight. But anyway, um, the, but on my phone while I'm there, I get an alert that they have my back. It's at, at you're at Rancho Cucamonga and they have your bag at LAX. Yes. And so I call regular platinum, um, but I'm platinum uh, <laughs> Delta, not diamond. Very sad. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Hey, they'll send it to my house. Right. And she's like, you're going to have to call this number. It takes about an hour and then they will send it Might take two days. Uh, we're gonna have to use a third party and i was like or and she's like or you could just drive back to lax and pick it up they're open till one. Oh my god so tomorrow i have um a meeting with this guy waiting for the chat that's what that's what we're waiting for oh okay about about um is that you i don't know <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well oh 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 i see I t I, okay yes 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 okay yeah so meeting I with have... that guy on your own yeah how did you how did you make that happen um i didn't make that happen um this guy helped me make that happen okay um I think hi I guys this is the greatest podcast in the world just type, stop editing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> editorializing. Yes. Okay. That's, that's cool. It could help. Yeah. Um, Again, every, I, every I'm, little bit helps at this point. I'm interested, violently interested in the outcome of this situation. Right. Right. And um, I will say that it is, it's madness that I had the keys and then the laptop and then, you know, Though a couple of fans have uh, thrown me some cash uh, towards the laptop. Thank you very much. You're all decent human beings, and I love you dearly. That's great. I, I thought you were going to say, because you had just purchased a new laptop, that your old one sh uh, turned up, but you couldn't return. Oh, no. You know that I bought this laptop that I left on top of the car two mm -hmm. months ago? I know. I know. Yeah. A disappointment. Um, but, you know, I did take a picture of my. I was going to roll in the sage. And then post it, mm -hmm. but something is eating the sage, and so I don't want to be covered in any sort of tiny bugs. Yeah, you know, just for you right now, you just gotta lay low. Don't do anything <laughs> crazy or weird. Aside from this meeting, you just stop tempting the gods. <laughs> yeah, the pantheon seems to really be. What did I accidentally sleep with Zeus? What happened? Is Hera on my ass? What's happening? 
you you do sound a little under the weather like your voice like uh did you were you shouting a lot or are you just super tired or? I, I think i'm super tired and i'm getting this weird vocal fry now that i don't that i'm that i have no interest in cultivating so i mean it's sexy but uh yeah you actually don't want sexy vocal cords they're they're bad for your health yeah it's not anything i'm looking i'd rather whisper is this <laughs> sexy <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how was your week um it was fine. Um, let's see. I had three days off in the middle of the week and I just, uh, it was the last three days before my son starts training again, water polo. So, um, aside from striking, you know, I did that a couple of days. I did like three days this week. I think that's um, great. We hung out and watched a lot of walking dead. Um, we have, very oh, you're not done yet. Jackie, it is 11 seasons. And then there's the spinoff, Fear of the Walking Dead, which is oh, right, right. at least seven, right, Kyle? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are watching the video summer. on YouTube, Kyle is a baby. Yeah, Kyle weird. has decided to be a baby. Every time it's cut to me so far, I've been self-conscious. <laughs> You're adorable. You do, Kyle? Tell, tell, her, tell her audio listeners. Oh, yes. Uh, I shaved my beard off. I have not seen my bare chin since I was 17 years old. And so I realized I need to like shave it all off before it's been so long that it's weird. So like I just sort of picked it and did it. But it feels very strange. I'm but a boy now without whiskers. <laughs> You're a boy without your, whiskers. Your your face has been you you had you grew sunscreen basically on your face when you were seventeen, <laughs> and I don't know how old you are now, but it's been covered this entire time. I wish women we should be able to grow hair on our faces True. to cover it up and protect it from the sun. That's why I'm still wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So how many sets did you get to do? Did okay, you get to so do uh, so oh, I'm working on this story um that is working and then not working and i know it's a oh, it's I a hate that yeah i have one key really good joke in the middle of it and everything else is hit or miss and i can't and i haven't like listened to all the sets back to back to like i keep going well i kind of know this in my head i'll just try it but i should like listen to like three or four iterations of it and go where why, why did that work? Why did this not work? Cause obviously I'm not saying things the same thing every time. Cause it's still, it's still not settled. It's not, it's not settled law right? <laughs> up in the air. The Supreme court has not weighed in on any of these. Yeah. I'm it's got, it's got to tighten up. It's a, it's got too many tentacles maybe. Correct. Or yeah. Um, and it, I also don't want to think, do that thing where I drop something too soon because I just didn't figure it out. So, um, anyway, uh, so it, I had good sets of flappers with it and on Monday and then two on Friday. And okay. then Saturday I did Sean Preston's show at the ice house. Okay. And I got a little confident in that story and then it just petered out. I was like, Oh, not at the ice house, not on oh. a Saturday at the ice house. But, Saturday at the ice house. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, uh, hacked my way back into everyone's good favors, but you know, I, I wanted it to be bam, 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 <laughs> and, it was like bam and then slide and whatever. Um, right. And That's the thing about doing stand up for as long as we've been doing stand up. Yeah. You can, you, you're not going to eat it. You're going to figure yeah. something out. Right. And then, uh, tonight or today, this afternoon, I did a benefit for, um, uh, I was at a, it was a fundraiser for a progressive candidate named, uh, Baba Akili. And uh, he's a longtime organizer. And um, so now he's running for the state Senate in California. And so uh, Albert Correo, who's a, a, a candidate and I think does stand up sometimes, he asked me to do a set in, in this beautiful home. I'm always up for seeing a beautiful home. And, and was that in the yard? Was that yeah, the one that- outside. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, so the crowd was really good. Um, <laughs> This, um, Lorraine Newman's brother was there. That was, and his, do you know what his first name is? Uh, no. Paul. Paul, Paul Newman. Newman. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's very nice. Everyone What's his middle name? name? And, and he's That's gotta nice. be 70. I did so. not. 
And I, again, I didn't ask that either. I just said, hi, nice to meet you. I didn't say, well, <laughs> how old are you for my podcast that I'm recording later tonight? Right. I, how tall was he? What did he weigh? Uh, <laughs> what kind of sneakers were he wearing? Were he uh, wearing? Okay. Listen, he is Canadian as Lorraine Newman is. So he's a good person. Now, um, <laughs> oh, and so the crowd was good. And I just did some older abortion stuff and like, you know, whatever, some stuff that I just did on my uh, special that uh, I know would knew would work and fall on uh, uh, agreeing ears. And then, um, uh, then I had a set at the, the improv tonight. Um, I was on the seven o'clock show and I took my son with me and, uh, we ran into Tom Rhodes. Tom was hanging out. Tom, I guess came to my place when my kid was really little to do a podcast. He hasn't seen him since he's like seven. So he, oh, wow. The obligatory. Oh my God. <laughs> right. And now he's seven he feet. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it was a good set again, the same story. Uh, I, you know, I did a lot of old stuff up front and then I went into it and same problem. So I was like, Fuck. interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's something I added that I think is funny that maybe is stopping the laugh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> so maybe I'll take it out and see if I can buff it, you know, uh, uh, bolster the other jokes so maybe I can try to add that back in. It's a really dark thing. Right. That maybe the I'm rest shocked. of the <laughs> <It's not> <laughs> to support the darkness. It needs to be a little tighter, I guess. But uh I hate I hate like that feeling of I love it when you start to figure it out, but I hate that feeling of this is a mess, but it it wasn't a mess five days ago. Why is it messy now? And um that's so annoying. I thought I had it. And now I'm like, oh, it's, it fell through, it slipped through my fingers. You know? it, yeah. Sometimes it slips through, but then you just have to put it like, just put the dough back together. Cause I think, mm -hmm. yeah, it sounds like you, I mean, when, when in the third telling of how, you doing the bit, you said, I might've added a thing that might have derailed it. I was like, oh, I bet you that's exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you turn it around inside out and yeah. that also helps. Right. Yeah. So I was on stage, so I did two shows in Chicago at the Lincoln Lodge. Oh, tell me. Okay, so I had one show, and it was just set up to be a certain amount of money, and it sold out, and it wasn't a, it's not a big room. God, what a hot room, though. Really? I oh, my God, this. it's gorgeous. And uh, just packed to the gills. The people were exceptional. It was a delight. And it was at um, 8 o'clock, I believe. And so um the owner offered to add an earlier show he said the later show was full or the woman who booked me said that the owner whatever so um the earlier show the first my show was at eight sold out they added an earlier show at seven and i was like well is there not going to be any openers am i just gonna Wait, you're supposed to go seven to eight and then eight to nine immediately yeah Right. Well, that's what I thought, but it, and, and it wasn't explained until too many people were like, I want to buy a last minute ticket, but what is it going to be? And I, and some people were like, I'm coming to the eight o'clock. Is it really going to start at eight o'clock? And so I, I want to go to dinner. And so I, I asked, it turns out the seven o'clock was in a smaller room. They were like, can you fill this? Because the, the bigger room was sold out, was was already booked. Yeah. But there was a 50-seater. So I sold another 50 seats. Nice. For the, for the 7 o'clock. And then I sold, and the, I think the, the bigger room, it might be 120, it might be 80, it might be small. I don't even yeah. know. But it, whatever it was, both rooms were great. And the woman who opened, Diana? God dang it. Anyway, uh, but the woman who opened for me at the 50-seater, I didn't really get to see anybody yeah. because, um, and I hired a kid to work my merch. <laughs> so um, the all the openers, I didn't get to see any of them. There was a guy named Jarrell. There was a woman named Britt. There was a woman named Deanna. And there was a guy named Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I'm, they all seemed to kill. It all worked out. But I followed the Diana woman and the thing she closed on was a Leonardo DiCaprio. She had, it was uh, loosely, she was talking about having a crush on him. And so I ended up doing a bit um, 
that I then did on the second show and it also killed. Mm. And then I wrote it out a little bit and I was like, oh, this is a real big. Nice. And then uh, the same thing happened while I was talking to somebody in the audience about, because, so what I have right now is I have the the key story, losing the keys down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has turned into a bit that may or may not be a real bit one day. But um, so far, there's at least two punchlines that I can keep. It could be tight and approximately 40 seconds. And then leaving the laptop on the on the top of the car. This one isn't really, there wasn't much there except for the fact that one of my friends said, did Andy really get mad at you? Did he make fun of you? And I was like, who are you married to? <laughs> uh, he also didn't kick me when I fell down the other day. Uh, <laughs> it was such a weird, and today with the luggage, I called him and I was like, seriously, you have to abandon me. You have to just go home <laughs> and I'll figure this out. The and house he was is like, in danger. <laughs> what? The house is in danger. It might, it might catch on fire tonight. Right. I should just, I literally, you should bury me in the garden. The garden looks amazing, by the way. But mm. the, uh, so, but I did all that. And then I just, I did this thing about uh, the, the aging process that might be something but I hate to do stuff about aging because um, I don't want to admit it. But that's what the joke might be about. Maybe. So, yeah, right that's there. A good way to get into it. I know. But the Chicago rooms were great. There, It is in uh, a street that looked like Beirut in 1977. Uh, the damn, the street is ridiculous. I pull up and I call um, the booker the woman who booked me and i was like where where am i parking and uh and she goes well street parking and i go oh no and so i start looking for street parking she calls me back in like three or four minutes and goes oh my god there's a dead jewel right across the street from the <laughs> from the theater that parking lot is free everybody just parks there the jewel's and not open anymore there, the jewel hasn't been there for 10 years jewel of course is a midwestern grocery store chain yeah. Um, yeah. I know. My mom's from Chicago. I know what the jewel is, Jackie. Please. We had jewels in, in Milwaukee as well. Yeah. Uh, I also went to Kohl's with my sister-in-law. This I spent a lot of time with family. My brother, Russ, insisting that I watch a lot of movies and, and hear a lot of songs from the 50s and the 60s. And the movies were, there was a movie, The Sweet Smell of Success, that Burt Lancaster one I told you about last week. Yeah. With Tony Curtis. Cats yeah. in the bag, bags in the river. Mm-hmm. That's a line that Tony Curtis. <laughs> um, yeah, that's such a, a dark, terrifying line. Yeah, it's such a dark light, but you could have just said done and done. But no, <laughs> cats in the bag, bags in the river. <laughs> anyway, um, so we watched that. We watched Midnight in Paris, Woody Allen. Mm, I like that one. Well, that's because it it uh, they made him end it well. They made him end it sane instead of some sad sack weird thing that Woody Allen always wants to do. And I do, I always like a Woody Allen movie better when he's not in it. The less Purple Rose of Cairo. Yeah. Oh, he yeah, I love that movie. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a good one too. And um, but and I realize he's not making these movies for me, right? He's making them for himself in a very narrow field of vision. Mm-hmm. Same with, and then Russ made me watch the Quentin Tarantino movie. Hollywood, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, which is also it's gorgeous. And Carmen Morales was like a lot of feet, and that's his rep. He likes feet. That's it. That's what I hear. I hear he likes feet. But uh, it was beautifully shot. But um, what what I so he ended up watching it, and I was like, so Sharon Tate lives. The Mansons don't kill her, and he's like. Yeah, the craziest thing about this movie is that Quentin Tarantino left Charles Manson free to do it again. <laughs> um, he Tarantino likes to fuck around with history. I mean, Inglorious Bastards is like an incredible movie. It would be great if it was true. You know, I would love it. Well, but, it it could it could be true next year. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Can you uh? 
we just got a message. Guys, we're doing a little different thing on today's podcast. But we should stop for a break. My fellow graduates, for 500 episodes, my podcast, The JV Club with Janet Varney, has gathered story after story of all the scandalous things we've done throughout our childhoods. Stories like how Jamila Jamil survived a horrific house party and she was on crutches. Or how Hal Lublin learned a Shakespearean monologue in his pajamas. This is not the speech we approve. Without your love and life tragedies, there would be no podcast. In fact, I'll have an exclusive look at how Maggie Lawson's mom confronted her after a sneaky basement meetup with her crush. Spill the tea, JV. Security. Uh, uh, listen to the JV Club with Janet Varney Thursdays on Maximum Fun. Class of forever. And let's do comic of the week. Okay, so today's comic of the week, this is a major oversight. We should have done her so long ago. Patty Vasquez is right. hilarious comic from Chicago. She's uh she's our age, she's funny, she has a, she's always doing radio shows and um she's always got something going on. Uh she's like a, a Chicago institution, like a media institution there. And she's a really funny comedian. And right, right. She's grinding it out, she's bringing it. Yes. She's been doing it forever, and yes. everyone should find her. What's her handle? Uh, it's At real. Oh, go ahead. The Patty Vasquez Show. V A S Q U E Z. So it's and, an S in Vas and a Z and in Kez. And a P A T T I. So T H E P A T T I V A S Q U E Z S H O W. Go follow. The Patty Vasquez Show. Yeah, she's Do great. I, I love her. Finder. Nice. Follower. Worker. Yeah. She's very open about her her life. You know, she has a child with special needs that, um, you know, if you're a comic, that upends a, a lot of your initial plans, right? You, you're you going right. to stay put, find a place where your kid is safe and all that stuff. And she did all that. And um, to have crafted That's the cool. career she has, you know, is incredible. And uh, so I love her. And I honestly thought we did her a long time ago. So Right, right. So, all right. Well, that Patty Vasquez, let's do it now. Okay. So we're doing something a little different. Here she is. Here's Casey. Hi. Hi, Casey. Casey Conley, a former comic of the week and uh, sent us many emails. Mm. We, I uh, (laughs) uh, didn't respond to a lot of them. I hope she would stop emailing. (laughs) Very persistent, which is good. And she wanted to do like a, a segment where she would ask us, Jackie and I, questions about stand-up. And uh, I, I was like, I think we've answered every possible question. But she insists that she has questions that have been, ha- there are no answers. I don't know why you're getting so mad about a opportunity for a clock eater. That's all this podcast <laughs> is. I listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if it's how I started, I'll be storming out. <laughs> uh it's not i was uh I, tr- I was told to dig a little deeper and then when i believe so the email started in february but um yeah uh, just to give just to give listeners an idea it's been but, months uh, of terror in my yeah. <laughs> and um but the, so no they're, they're 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 deeper questions i feel like i need to note that one of the the when you guys were saying like make sure it's not questions we've asked before Lori's direction was uh, pretend we're going to die the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know what? In both of our cases, it's a huge possibility. Still could happen. <laughs> and yeah. and it's Kyle's gold. It's Kyle's yeah, gold mine if it happens because he'll have the recording. Yeah. This is Casey <laughs> setting up to be in a real position here to sort of scoot in with Laura House. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like- I'll take all 600 of your listeners. I'll take them all. <laughs> You're up to 608, and I like that noted in the in the records. Uh, pretend, you know, there's like a paparazzi was taking pictures of Prince Harry when he was like leaving, like a st- something stupid where it's like, what, why? He's walking from a, out of a store to a car, and they're like, if he dies, this will be the last picture of him, and it'll be worth a million dollars, which is like a horrible, ghoulish way of living. <laughs> But but that's what this podcast could be, if either of us. Your paparazzi. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. 
Um, well, I first want to give a quick shout out to my friend, Alex Kennedy, a comedian in New York City, who helped me write the questions. So, Oh, my God. I can't believe yeah. you did this extra work. That's more I work did. Well, she, she's a little greener than me. So, like, when I started writing questions, I was like, well, what did, like, new com newer comics want to know? I'm all, you know, my eight years, I'm very hardened. She's been at it maybe two. So yeah, <laughs> you're not even a new comic. What's happening? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the first question, um, it's sort of like a, you know, there's, there's parts, but we'll just throw out. Do you find audiences respond differently when you present yourself differently? Meaning mostly like how you dress versus like, I'm coming at it from like a gay perspective too. Like if I'm more mask or more femme, but just as a female, like if you're in a dress versus pants or like more put together versus, you know, slouchy, like, do you, do you find that audiences respond differently? Only because I'm, I'm self, if I'm self-conscious about how poorly dressed I am and that's what it is, by the way, it's never, I'm too overdressed. <laughs> I'm either exactly the right <laughs> amount of dressed or I'm wearing cargo shorts in your dad's shirt for some yeah. reason. I feel the need to address it. And that's the only thing I make it weird before they do. They would just look at me and go, all right, well, this is the next comic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a great point. If, if you feel comfortable in what you're wearing, then you don't even think about it. But I, I do like, sometimes I'll dress up for us the Saturday shows, you know, a little bit more. Um, I, I, I don't know if it affects the, it makes, maybe makes me feel like I'm more in show business than anything else. And I definitely try to dress nicer at Hermosa beach comedy club, <laughs> comedy and magic club, because, uh, I don't know that the, the club feels very upscale and the audience does too, I guess a little bit, uh, maybe they're a little bit more dressed up than the average, average audience. So, um, yeah, but I, um, in terms of like wearing a dress, uh, I don't know. That's, I don't know that the crowd treats me any differently or feels any more differently to me. Uh, it's more how we I were feel. told it would. Yeah. I remember being told to, not to wear a dress. You were told not to wear a dress, not yeah. to wear a dress and not to have cleavage Yeah, and definitely. not to wear shirts that said anything on them. There were a lot of pointing of a lot of things I was told. And, and then it was supposed to get dressier as the week uh, could progressed. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if I feel that the audience reacts differently. I feel like I've had a breakthrough just with Jackie's answer that it's it's us judging ourselves more than anything and the and the kind of thing you said about the confidence. That's what I'm here so for. That's, yeah, no, that, I mean, I feel like that's... Also, uh, as, in, as a, I host a lot, so I always dress nicer when I host just because I feel like I'm representing the club and stuff so that's also a little different and i appreciate that quite honestly <laughs> um okay cool great answer and then just to kind of roll off of that one do you, i don't know if this happens much or i know it it various scales but how do you deal with hecklers who are saying things about your appearance or like fuckability or you know stuff like that um my solution was to get so old that no one wants to fuck me <laughs> I'm truly left completely alone on stage at this point. It's quite a gift. It could be uh, a long 30 years for you, Casey. But, uh, hang in there. Um, Ditto. Uh, right. There you go. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, Jackie, you probably might feel like this too. Like what, once you're, you've been doing it for a long time, not just your actual age, but you also have a stage presence that they, they are afraid of. Right. <laughs> maybe younger comics um, don't have yet just because they haven't, uh, haven't put in whatever 10,000 hours or whatever, whatever arbitrary thing is. But at some point you, um, you have been on stage so much that uh, you kind of take over the space. And yeah, I once had a pile of frat guys chant lose weight at me. And um my and I was such a new comic that my response was to make fun of their girlfriends. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then their girlfriends threw popcorn bags at me. Oh my so God. um what don't do that. that. How about that? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> and then a guy in the front row offered me a joint. 
So it all worked out. And then I did the 15 minutes and they gave me the $75. So it does have a happy end. <laughs> so it almost sounds like deal with them the same way you deal with any other heckler, which is read the room. If you can get the room on your side, go after them. If not, um, just age. Um. <laughs> right. Yes. Just just do your time and then, and then get off. And if you ever feel like you're in danger, uh, get off. Yeah. There will always be another hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. There'll always be you you will always be able to come back on stage. I didn't know this. I I, I got off stage that you know that last year when there was a there was a bad heckler and I was like, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. And I didn't know how to get back on stage. But the bartender gave me the thumbs up and I went back out and the audience applauded. So you can leave the stage if you feel at any time unsafe. And I recommend it just because it it shames the audience into getting their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I am, we're all at work here, people. We're hoping, I'm, I wrote jokes that I want to tell you, so. Yeah, and also, like, if a heckler is, if, if it's, like, sexual in nature, you know, they're trying to rattle you, and they're trying to determine your response by sexualizing you. But you don't have to respond as someone who's been sexualized, right? Like, you can still your response can still, you know, can point out what they're doing instead of you trying to, you know, uh, work with what the comment they threw you, you know what I mean? You, right. I, you don't have like, to, you don't have to use the context that they're giving you. Yeah. You don't have to be sassy and cool and <laughs> get it back. Right. Like you can just step aside and point out what they did. You know, even if you're just saying, oh, you're, um, so what you said is you can actually break it down, like, and you're trying to make me feel this way, or you're trying to do this. And in that, as you're breaking it down, what they did, you're going to come up with some ideas and the audience is going to be laughing because it's such a strange thing to do. And all, you know, most of women have had people have had men yell stuff at them. So to just see someone, you know, kind of like, break down what the person did to the person in real time is like really exciting, you know, cause usually it's like, you're, so, you know, when you're on the street, you're like, uh, I got, I'm not safe. And so you just try to run away and live. Right. But if you're on stage, you kind of get to have that, that interaction and have the ideal version of it, which is where you break it down. You, they get embarrassed and then you win. Or not. You'd be the play-by-play -play and the uh, color commentator at the same yeah. time mm -hmm. sports, yeah, sports time. day giving oh. analogies of sports or is really good at that actually <laughs> but you can you can you can take your time with it like you don't right. have to i know that like crowd a lot of crowd work videos it's like they love the sassy comeback which is cool that's fine sometimes you think of the perfect thing to say to, to the perfect response but if you don't have it you can s slow it way down and you know uh break break it into little pieces and start to ingest it very slowly and then you'll take over again right and then when you hero. cut it and put it on your reel you can cut out that stuff that you that's not funny and just get right to the sassy punchline. Yeah. Yeah. if you want to yeah or yeah. leave the discomfort up there as well if you want to you know put it yeah, up I like the it. I like the long I like the the fact that you can celebrate the silence in it I wish I could do such a thing but I think you would be you would just I could just I've seen you just sit there and just stare at them and go, <laughs> where do you think you, I mean, yeah, I can hear you're just the, where do you think you are? Yeah. 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 It, it, it does need to go right back to them. Like you, do, you don't have to respond as a sexualized person. You can respond as a comedian who's telling jokes and this person said something to you, you know, and you only need to give yourself a few seconds of tossing it back to them to like, reset your head and then you're you know then you can then you can take it over from there yeah that's that's great advice for all crowd work honestly too that's that's fantastic good very helpful um okay we got i got one more question i got i'm getting the light so <laughs> no we were giving you the last no. half hour uh i wouldn't mind us doing um 15 more i mean i didn't know that we were giving her the last half hour we came in a little early too so it all our timing's a little bit oh okay well, you tell me when I got more questions. We can, I can do it again and I can oh, send I've got six the more real and emails. the secret and the super secret stopwatches going. So all <laughs> levels of time existing. So yeah, so we're good to go. So wrong roll. Wow. Okay. Unbearded Kyle is very organized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, this is okay. I just know. Shape, face it's Kyle. Weird. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Okay. Um, well, so I want to switch to the question I really want to ask, which is about money. And um, I don't want to ask specific about what you guys are making. You talk a lot about like how the money hasn't changed much. So my hope is that I can give you, get you to give a specific number. Like what is like, you know, the, the number you're talking about that a, a weekend feature, a weekend headliner set that hasn't changed. Like what is that number to expect? I don't know. I mean, here shitty shitty B B C room, not money, is to headline is about six or nine hundred dollars, six to nine hundred dollars. So the feature money is about fifty bucks uh a show, and the MC money is even less, like twenty-five, and sometimes it's just yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. And if you can get a decent weekend rate, it's twelve hundred plus a hotel. That's that's steady, and it hasn't changed in right. in th 35 years and then and then if you can get it's like 15 or 1800 is when you have uh enough sort of cred or or credits to um to sort of say no i deserve this amount of money i need 1800 dollars plus hotel and then you'll get yourself there don't travel and then it goes up to like and that's headliner and good feature money is a hundred dollars a show at the best clubs in this country? Right, like five or six hundred dollars <laughs> out the, the door. And Let me no, tell you, as a cross section no experience, one hundred dollars every single time, and no hotel, no, and no travel, and you're just like, well, I have to find a couch. Good condos sometimes have a second room or small closet. Right, right, a box room in so, the rooster tea feathers if, is what. Can I, I squeeze imagine. in a sub question? Sub question about this, which is. Um, like when you're offered a set, whether it be a club like this or just around town, do you have like a language or routine that you um, like use when you're asking like about like how it pays kind of... or asking for like more than their first offer? Do you have like a, like a go-to? Um, there is, the, it, it is hard to ask for a raise in any job, right? Yeah. So if you, the first time I ever asked for a raise, the, boss made fun of me. I was in college and I needed another, I think it was 30 cents an hour. I needed it to be something like $6 and 30 cents an hour instead of $6. And, um, and he said, you're not good at this at all. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter how bad I am at it. Uh, I have to ask you for more money because I need more money. I mean, literally I don't have a, I don't have a, a set script. I wish I did to give to you, but um, I do Here's what I say is just sort of fumble through it. They'll make fun of you. You may or may not get it. You'll get better at it every time you ask and you're fucking worth it. You just, you're remember this stand-up comics. You are the ones with the jokety jokes. They're a bartender and they love comedy or they hate comedy or they should have had a liquor store or they want to have a chain or they're power hungry, or they're just good guys. You know, there's a whole range of different kind of club owners out there. And you can ask them for more money because you're the one who's providing a big portion of the service, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I kind of feel like the clubs are like streamers in a way where it's like, we don't know what they're making, you know? Like we still make the same headlining money you know, five years later, it'll be the same money, the same exact sum of money, but that they're charging more for tickets that, you know, like, it's like, I, but I don't know what their rent is. Like, I don't know anything. I don't know, you know, what club, what they pay for rent. And I don't know, I mean, maybe their expenses went up too. I, I have no idea, but it does feel like I, I, uh, I don't know how to ask for more money. My manager does you know, but he doesn't get it all the time, but he'll, he'll do that, you know? Um, yeah. I, since I, I've had an agent, it, the money has gotten better yeah. and I have a better idea of what I should be asking for. Yeah. But when you have an agent or a manager, you're paying that 10% back. You are, but I think that they earn that 10%. Right. They yeah. completely earn that 10%, yeah. but um, just know that you, you'll get more money, but you'll also have to pay a small cut to uh, the yeah. people. Uh, but another thing I've been doing recently is because airfare is way more than it used to be, you know, and they're, they're still doing 
four or five hundred for air, and you get on go on Expedia as soon as you say yes to the gig, and it's like seven hundred dollars, you know. So uh, again, like then I know that no one offers features uh, airplane, you know, air airfare. But if you're headlining, at least before you go into negotiations, just you know, get a sample ticket, you know, and and say this is how much this airfare is running, the cheapest and the most expensive. So I need something, you know, at least. I, my air should be the air should be covered by the air <laughs> that they give you, you know. Yeah, and it isn't. Yeah. Not at the not at yeah. this time. Well, and even if the flight or is, at this your level. Uber's not your yeah. your yeah your transportation's not okay. I don't. Am I out of time? This was fun. No, no, no. no. no you want to keep okay? Keep going. Cool. Um, I was excited for this question just because I'm sure they're going to have something quippy, but um, are there any topics that you feel like are off limits or hack because you're a female comic? Uh, no, but it's weird. We, we, I think before you logged on, we were just talking about talking about age and uh, I don't, I haven't figured out a way I, I'm comfortable talking about aging, you know, because it seems like, the the comics that it's fun to talk about aging, they're complaining because they're like 38 and I want to fucking stab them in the eyes, you know? <laughs> but it, also it's fun for, that's part of what's funny is that a 38 year old thinks they're old, right? Like that's- That's the but, twist. Yeah, but the, but I know that they feel like it. They, they To them it's real, you know? Um, so for me, yeah, I'm a little, that's the one thing where I feel like that's where, you could lose parts of the audience because some people do not want to hear about your knee problems. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. You uh, better make it funny. It's just like when you do your, you know, whether you have abortion jokes or your, I mean, the weird thing is, is if, if you think you're going to weird the audience out by bringing up something, you mm -hmm. have to make sure that either you get them on your side before you start it or you have an out three things. And I, or ideally a punchline <laughs> one of those two things a great in where they're completely on your side a good out so you can get into something else quickly because uh, it didn't work or in the ideal world uh you've written a joke yes i do i do feel like like um there are topics that that are about who you are where it's almost like you're forced into talking about it, whether it's your age or your uh, your height or your sexuality or your weight or something like that, where where if you're going to talk about it, you're, I don't know, it's, it's like, it may not be coming organically from you. It's coming from what you think the audience is thinking. And so you have to address it because you, you know, maybe it gets a laugh, but you think they're, you think they're thinking things. I don't know if they are or not, but I do let, I do, I do want to be ultimately the kind of comic where I go up and go, this is what I'm thinking about. I don't care if you think I'm 58 or 57 or 40 or 70. Here's what I'm thinking about. And here's what I'm talking about. You know? Right on. Yeah. Nothing's off limits. Just make it funny. Parenting. It's hard, but don't worry. You're not alone. Belly up to the low bar with one bad mother and let us remind you that fine is good enough. They want to climb on different things. And how am I supposed to keep them both from dying? <laughs> there is a right way to do this. And if I can figure out that right way, I'm going to be a good parent. So that is not a thing. So join us each week and let us tell you that you are doing a good job. You can listen to One Bad Mother on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, okay, so this is getting back into... Um specifically a woman kind of similar to the, the audience thing, but when, a, when it's happening with the other comics. So how do you deal with men being gross, creepy, or just misogynistic in the green room? Um, it, like, so I'm saying this because like, it often feels like there's pressure to just ignore it or even kind of smile and nod because you just want to keep getting booked back. Yeah. Um, or you want to be a decent hang and not ruin the fun so that you'll be booked back or whatever. Um, so yeah, you have to do both of those things. I'm sorry. No, if you want to stand up to them, you can. It's hard to do it when you're new. It's sort of like it's sort of like ha the heckler thing when you you're trying to you you're trying to fight back, but you don't have the stage time. So, the green room time is its own clock as well. 
Like if I'm in a green room and it gets gross, I, at this point, say, hey, it's gross in here. Stop that. (laughs) And that, you know, and when that happens, when I'm surrounded by dinosaurs that are saying weird shit or I'm, um, I'm, I'm hanging out with somebody who's like, you know, all people look the same because they're Irish or let's pick other, other nationalities. And, um, yeah, I pipe up now, but, and I've seen younger women do it, you know, where they're just like, not cool. And whether they get booked or not again is of less interest to them than sitting in it, which is what I did for decades. Yeah. I didn't always stand up to it. Hey, yeah, I just sort of dealt with it or kind of went along with it, you know, didn't want to. uh... Also, I was desperate to be accepted at for a certain time in my career like i loved it that these awful men liked me <laughs> right right that was just be so cool the worst guys Look at this. in the world think i'm fun wow what a prize <laughs> wow that feels that resonates <laughs> i mean that resonates for me before stand-up just as a woman in the world so yeah absolutely. i mean I, I, well i mean i think we're all raised to 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 you know to be the ultimate girl is the barstool girl who's like really hot and can talk about football or whatever and is really cool with everything and laughs at all the stuff right a lesbian (laughs) (laughs) don't tell the guys that (laughs) unless she's a hot lesbian and of course of course Yeah. yeah um yeah so i don't know uh i don't hear that much of it I, I'm more here. I just don't want to hear people talk about their careers. That's when I want to get up and walk out. <laughs> wow, that is true. I've gotten that those texts. I can't believe it. I'm surrounded by people talking about their careers. Oh my God, it's obnoxious. Wait, that actually is kind of perfect for my last question for that I prepared for today. There's plenty more if we want to do this again. I'll keep emailing if that's the case. But um, this is a great setup for my last question, which is um, how do you deal with the whole like compare and despair mentality? So like feeling jealous of your peers' successes. Do you have anything, like any tips that you use yourself or anything to keep yourself from falling into that pattern? These faces. This is why they need to, you guys have to subscribe or whatever and pay to see these reactions. I'm above it. (laughs) No, please both. You have a well, well put together response for this. I mean, that's what this podcast, a lot of the podcast is, but I feel like, jokes aside there's i mean i exercise helps me if i I also don't follow some people that i tend to get jealous of i just don't follow them on yeah i there's a couple female comics i've had to mute because i can't stand hearing about their sold out shows like (laughs) every fucking show you do is sold out wow okay great good for (laughs) you i don't want to hear about it every time i go on the internet i uh i actually block them uh, I block women. I block men. I don't watch anybody's specials, and uh, but I wish everybody she the doesn't. best of luck. <laughs> it's uh, I'm happy that everybody you know is. What people are doing in comedy. <laughs> I have, that is literally how I am living my life. I don't know how anybody else is doing, and I meet somebody, and I'm like, oh, I, I think they're famous, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I never know. I remember when Sarah Silverman was going out with um. Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. Yes. So we're in the green room and he walked out of the room and I said, what does he do for a living? <laughs> and she said, are you kidding? And I said, oh shit. Is he... <laughs> and she goes, yeah, yeah, he is. And, uh, and then she said, I said, what's his name? And she said, Michael Sheen. And I almost asked the question, but he has a British accent. So I didn't. Good. And, and I said, would you be, a... and she said, please. I am DBM. And I did. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. And she was like, yes. Yeah, it makes you feel better. I did the exact same thing. With I him? also had no idea who he was, thought he was one of the Sheens. And then when he was British, I had no idea who he was. I knew he was. His, his act, I mean, Emilio Estevez has a out. British accent, but that's. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. I think there's one thing to take solace in it's that everybody feels it. 
right? And yeah. the spread and of Michael it, Sheen's it, career is not as vast as we think. Right. It, but you can't be, you really can't be mad at other people's careers. You have to process it and do your own thing because otherwise you just get, you get stuck. So yeah. um, I, I genuinely do wish the best for everybody, but I can't necessarily, you know, I got to root for them on a, on a separate platform. And I, and I don't, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not that I'm jealous. I was just, and I don't, and I was also raised in comedy to not be that person who books that. Like, I want to ask everyone who books that, but I know better than to ask everyone. I ask only people like trust that I can, you know, that they know that I, <laughs> that I'm not going to use their name. I'm just kind of curious who does, I would like, possibly I might pitch that, that I would do that. Yeah. I do stand-up comedy. It turns out that is something I say when I'm looking for work. I say, you run a comedy club. Here's a coincidence. I do stand-up comedy. And then I try to keep the jokes. Uh, that's the only joke. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, because, uh, also the, the way people become popular now is very different than it was. That's changed. So, so quickly, it's, you know, it's like, uh, obviously social media stuff and it's, then it, it, it's another thing of like, I can't even like, if it, if it's, if it's somebody that's super funny, you're like, I'm just going to get funnier or, you know, there's the, but sometimes it feels like this is overwhelming. I can't compete. I don't have a character. I don't have a, a mom character. I don't have a character, you know, the thing that seems to be the thing that's getting everyone, you know, and um, to draw an audience. It's so, uh, right now, it's so, I don't know. It's so frustrating because I don't know what I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like how to present yourself on in you yeah. <laughs> like the, the obvious, I mean, this, this is, you know, we've talked about this before, but like the path that, you know, when we got on the train, the stand-up comedy train, uh, it went straight. Choo yeah. We choo-chooed, you got to Montreal, you got a deal, you got a sitcom. And then you were, uh, then you, you know, were Jerry Seinfeld or some version of that. And then, you know, obviously that went away a long time ago, but what, whatever it is now is, is really different too. And it's a, it's, uh, it's just a lot, you know? And then, so people will just come out of nowhere and you're like, who are you? My favorite thing is Brandy Posey holding her breast, petting it. Like it's an evil cat. Like she's a, <laughs> she's, she's just hold her boob and go, yeah. And then she'll plot. That's I just want to watch that TikTok for decades. I've never I haven't seen that TikTok. Oh my god. It's a real. Yeah, it's Brandy Posey holding her boob like it's like she's an evil villain and her boob is a cat. I love it. That's not even remotely what I was talking about. <laughs> no, not at all. Love it. And let's do a shout out to Brandy Posey and Lady to Lady, the incredible Yay. podcast. But um, yeah. But yeah. Listen, it is difficult to uh, focus on your it to not get derailed by other people's shit because there's so much of it now. Like every time I go on Instagram, it's a new comic that's really funny that has like 200,000 followers and every show sold out and I haven't heard of them. <laughs> like, am I? It feels like I dropped out of the business 20 years ago, but I <laughs> I'm still in it. Like this is why you shouldn't pay attention. Because you're right. like, I should know them. And I'm like, I shouldn't. <laughs> I look forward to meeting them over and over again. I've met Casey several times. <laughs> yes, nice. we have. Um, okay, great. Well, thank you guys so much. I, am I allowed to give a, the uh, just a thank you? Thanks, you guys, for having me on. This is actually this kind of fun. a perfect episode wrap-up. So if you want to help us wrap it all up, this works out kind of perfect. Well, yeah. wait, you, you're out of questions. Not, no, I have a, those were the ones I picked to ask tonight. I've got a... A, a separate note with another 18. That's but, the other thing that you terrified me with. You're like, how about a recurring segment? I'm like, <laughs> what? what? This is I was, listen, I just want to know who booked this. I was like, hey, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> you booked this. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I did. Right. Um, if, if you want a quick, I feel like I can give one more teaser. for The Patreons are the ones that get to see the video. No, everybody does eventually. Everybody, Patreons get it first. 
Yeah. Okay, well, um, do you always use this background, Lori? Because that structure looks like a penis to me. That brown. Don't talk to me. You know who you should talk to? The artist, Elliot Cation. <laughs> I don't know what this guy's drawing. This whole time, I'm like, why? What is, is it? A smokestack? What is it supposed to be? I, I don't know. It's supposed to be like a statue outside of Buckingham Palace. Okay. I thought it was an Armenian village. It's always an Armenian village. <laughs> I thought it was a dildo. <laughs> well, we all see what we love. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.